Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, uh, I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. I'm sorry, I read the wrong one. No, I'm reading the right one. Oh, it's the wrong version. I gave you the wrong version. Let's read it from the screen so we're on the same page. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued the decree that the census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from there to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. He went from Nazareth to Judea, all the way to Bethlehem. Bethlehem because he belonged to the house of the line of David he went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child while they were there the time came for the baby to be born this is Jesus and she gave birth to the firstborn a son she wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them hey over the next few minutes I want to speak to you from this idea and I'm hoping that you're taking notes move in move in come on would you pray with me um, father we love you we thank you for this opportunity that we have lord god to just speak about you pray father that today as we listen to the stories lord god as we see ourselves in the in the manger story lord god in this story of christmas the birth of jesus i pray father that you would speak to our hearts that you would direct us and that we would have practical handles lord let us grab onto something today lord that we would be able to walk out of this place to live out lord and when things happen lord god when we're figuring it out when we're confused that we can grab onto these things to see you clearly father i love you and i thank you for everything that you're going to do here today lord it's in jesus name we pray amen and amen come on one more time would you put your hands together for jesus all over this place greater church move in come on move in uh, everything that you see here, um, especially, and I, man, I've taken time every single Sunday to just shout out so many of the people that have helped us um, to set all of this stuff up. And man, this entire Christmas season, every week, it's something different. And yesterday, as you saw, the multifaceted Ricky, I don't know where he is. He's probably changing out of uh, his reindeer outfit. Um, he's not really a reindeer. I don't know if you knew that. Um, he's a human. But Ricky uh, was out here yesterday, and I was, I was like putting up Christmas lights and there was a bunch of us that were here my wife the kids it was so many people that were here um, and what's funny is that I was trying to like hang these Christmas lights and there's this ladder that Nuno and Angel let us borrow and that thing is about like it's like I don't even know it goes up to like 40 feet 45 feet long and so I thought to myself I'm Cuban you know what I mean like I can lift stuff that's who I am I, I lift the ladder up perfectly but then I, I managed to open up the ladder to put it up where it was. And when I tried to move that ladder, I almost broke my back. Honestly, I want to sit on a chair and preach to y'all right now because every muscle in my body hurts. Both sets of cheeks are on fire because I'm just, the these and these, they're all, I'm just, I'm a mess. But, you know, I almost need to talk to Ash so I can get some drugs. <laughs> Holla at your boy. Um, <laughs> I had caffeine, y'all. That's all I had. I had, I had caffeine. That's all I could do. 
um, this morning. Um, but man, I, I noticed that as I was putting up this ladder and I, I started to think about it, I started to walk and it was probably, I don't know, eight, nine o'clock, uh, probably like around eight o'clock, um, that I was walking around this building and I was just looking at this thing and just thinking to myself, man, how, how many people have put their hands and their fingerprint, not just on what you see here today, but man, going back to when this church first started with JT Merritt in 1978, and how this biz, this building was built. And it was actually, I was laughing because I was talking to the guys, actually across the hall where the big room is where we have next steps. That was the actual sanctuary. And then in 1996, this place, they built this place out. And man, I, I was just sitting there thinking about, man, how much story, how much history is in this place. Some of you have been to this church. Some of you got married in this church um, when it was here originally. It's funny, I have conversations with people in the lobby and they're like, oh my God. But I remember back in 1985, I came to this church and, and y'all remember there, there was red carpets for some of y'all that don't know. And there was red, uh, green pews and um, there was carpet all over this place. And it was... Man, they, they set it up. They spent time. People gave of their finances, not only to make sure that this place looked amazing, but to pay this place off. Do you know that this place has no debt? The mortgage has been free and clear because of the generosity of individuals who stepped up and said, this is our house. This isn't Chino's house. This isn't my house. This is our house. This is the house of God. We do this thing together. God, I'm just running my mouth and trying to lead this thing as best as I can. But I noticed how much people needed each other all this back here I don't know if you ever one day we'll take a tour because um, when we take that tour is to show you that we're going to build a building back here in the back and it's going to be a full court basketball court but it's going to be a gymnatorium where we can have services our youth are going to be in there but the top floor the second floor of that thing is going to have resources for young mothers for single moms for immigration for you to be able to go get a job if you need help psychologists are going to be on hand to be able to help people we want to do all of these things on the second floor and it's going to be a building dedicated to our community but right now where that building is going to sit one day, that was all trees and marshland. And I mean, it was bad. And individuals in this church grabbed chainsaws and they went to work and they cleared all that out. So if you ever drive back there and see all that cleared out land, that was hard work. And it came on the back of individuals. My, my point and what I'm trying to get across to you is that sometimes what can happen, um, especially during the Christmas season, is that you can think that it's all on you. And some of you single moms and single dads and individuals who are in this place right now and um, maybe you're married and sometimes it just feels like, man, this whole Christmas thing is on me. I got to figure this thing out. Man, there's people that God has put in your life to be able to help you. There's individuals that if you're fighting and you're struggling at your workplace and you started a business and you're like, God, why did you impregnate me with this? Why did you give me this vision? Why is this inside of me right now? And you're trying to figure it out on your own. Can I tell you, there's probably somebody that's across the hall from you on the other side of the chairs or maybe even sitting next to you that is a miracle to your life, the person that you need. But sometimes you got to turn around. Some Sometimes you need an Elizabeth in your life. Elizabeth, Mary has been pregnant. 14-year-old, different culture, different time. 14-year-old who has been impregnated by the Holy Spirit. It has overshadowed her. We talked about last week where this thing just ravages her. And it's a sign unto the world that Jesus is going to come into this world. And this young little woman doesn't know what to do with her life. And she goes and she has a conversation with Elizabeth. Elizabeth is somebody that we need. Whatever the mission, whatever the vision, the thing that God has put inside of you, you're always going to need somebody who's 
probably a little ahead of you, but not too far ahead of you. Because if they're too far ahead of what you want to do, then they're going to tell you to do it their way. And God doesn't want a man or a woman to take credit for anything that he's going to do, especially in your life. That's why he had a virgin birth. What I speak about, what I spoke about last Sunday is that the virgin birth, though it was synonymous, though it meant it was a fulfilling of scripture, I believe that it was an end time prophecy to the church of Jesus Christ today and the one in the end times where God is going to use a church that is not defiled by man, not clever preaching, not cool lights, not incredible music, but by power of God, he is going to use that church. And I believe that that end time church is, is probably around the corner. But here's what I want you to see is that she couldn't do this thing by herself. When she met Elizabeth, the Bible says that the belly leaped up inside of her. And you need somebody that's similar, that can be able to speak to the situation that you're doing. Because for us, depending on your, depending on your, on your upbringing, for some of us more than others, um, some of us have lived and we have, have had incredible parents and a mom and a dad that has been examples of just beautifulness. And I remember having conversations in our, in our men's G group and hearing about Joe's dad. I wish he was my dad and, and hearing about John Ramundi's dad. I'm like, man, I wish that was my dad. You know, they had an incredible men that, that were, that were there for them and moms. And I, I think that's cool. Um, but then there's, there's some of us that we had to figure that thing out on our own. Um, there were some of us that when problems arose in our life, we had to fix them. And what happened is that when we were young, we started to fix stuff at a young age. And then we got into the teenage year. We started fixing stuff on our own. And before you know it, you're in your 20s and your 30s and you don't need people because you know how to fix your own problems because you've been through too much that every time you try to trust somebody, they backstabbed you, they hurt you, or they set you back. There are times in this church that I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to empower somebody to do something. But I'm like, I could do it so much better. And I've walked by it and I'm like, oh my God, I could do this so much better. But no... Because there's a moment in your life that you have to shift. You can go far by yourself, but you can go farther faster with others. And there's a time in your life that you have to understand that you have to give the steering wheel up at times. There are times that you have to sit in the back seat and allow for people to lead you. There are broken, hurting moments in your life that you have to have people in your life that can help you and heal you. Hold on. So, you know, the Bible says that God only heals me. Cool. James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. That it's in the context of relationship that we can get better. But here we find Mary. Though you are in this place that sometimes you, and you've grown up your whole life fixing stuff. Sometimes you got to just allow people to come in and help you, man. You can't do this thing alone. I know this is not like, oh my God, you know, do the fun stuff again. Rent a reindeer app. Bring Ricky back. <laughs> I get it. But, but you need to hear this. Because you've been fixing it your entire life by yourself. Moving into this next season and what God has put inside of you, you're not going to be able to bring this thing to birth by yourself. You're not going to be able to nurture this thing by yourself. You need people that are going to come alongside of you. That's why we have G groups in this church. G groups are not another thing to do to church just to collect your tithes or your offerings in G groups. We don't even take up tithes and offering in G groups. This is a moment where you can connect with people that can help you move into the next season of your life. This is where you connect with a woman who her and her husband have gone through it, have been back around it, have gone through it again, flipped the mold, came back, gone through it again. And now here it is, you a year into your marriage. This is who you need in your life to be able to talk to you and tell you, hold on, bro. Listen, homie, here's what you got to do, my man. Pick up your underwears. Just, just put the towel on the rack. Like, I mean, that's simple. You'll have the best sex of your life if you just do that. It, it doesn't matter how much you give her gifts. It doesn't matter. Just, just pick up the house, my guy, and she'll be so excited. And for the ladies to understand, I know you cook and you clean. And girl, I know, girl, he get on your nerve. He want to have sex all day long, every day. But girl, sometimes you just got to just, just do it, even though you want to. 
oh my God, Chino, what is happening? What are you, this is church. What are you doing right now? It's real. If the world talks about it and teaches it, how the Bible speaks about it, why not talk about it and be real about it? But you need people who are in your life that are going to tell you, yo, I know you're single and the Christmas season is one where everybody's hooked up and it's cuffing season. It's cold, but you don't want to wait for the man that you're going to get that's going to be met at the club. You don't want to meet somebody at this place or that place. You want to get the man that God brings into your life because this husband that I got, I had to wait for him. But when God brought him, my life has been absolutely transformed and changed. He is the man that I needed. Trust me. You don't want to just find anybody. You need somebody in your life that's going to be real and going to talk to you like that. You need Elizabeth in your life because what's inside of you, if I'm honest with you, is, is so much bigger than you. What's inside of you in the gifts, what was inside of Mary was so much more bigger than Mary. She had no idea. Yo, put this in context. We're talking about a 14-year-old girl that has not lived very long. Do you, do you remember who Mary's mom was? You remember who Mary's dad was? Put it in the text. Put it in the text chat. Y'all watching online. Put it in there online. And we're working on all the stuff online because we've gotten several conversations where online is looking rough, but we're working on it. I promise you. <laughs> we're working on it. I promise you we're working on it. We had a whole... Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> you, you can't find them. No pedigree. There wasn't a lot to be said about this young girl, but your God chose her to bring the Savior of the world into this world. So that should really mess with your theology, your, your selfology that begins to tell you that there's no way that God is going to allow for me to start this business. There's no way that God's going to allow for me to be the husband or the wife that I need to be the daughter or the son or to be the father or the mother of this child the way that I'm supposed to be. Yo, it's already inside of you. God has already placed that inside of you. You just have to walk in the authority that he has given you because he does it. Mary had no sex, yet she was pregnant. God was trying to show something to her. It's all about him. He's the one that's always going to do it. If you can step out of yourself for just a moment and stop looking at your brokenness and your frailty and look at how big God is and how much he can do in and through you. If he used this young girl, I guarantee that he can use you. But it's so much bigger than you. There's, uh, there's times that in my life, um, this thing called Greater Church um, I've been handed the keys down from individuals like a JT Merritt and, and Pastor Tommy Wyatt and Pastor Don Saglambini who have been here since 1978 that this church uh, was first constructed. And here it is, Chino Echeverria, a black Cuban from the city of Hialeah, greatest city on earth. Google it. Just keep your doors locked when you drive by it. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, but here I am that I'm next in this list, but I understand that this thing is not about me. Whether my children, if they want to do it, great. But I'm not the type of person, nor will this church ever be the type of person that it has to be the bloodline. This isn't a royalty. This is the kingdom of God. This is not the kingdom of Chino. So it doesn't mean that my oldest son is next in line. There might be somebody that God raises up in this church that's going to lead this church way better than I did. And I'm going to hand the baton and hand the microphone to them, whether they carry the Echeverria name or they don't. This isn't my church. This is the kingdom of God. But I know that there's something in me that your children are going to sit here and your children are going to be the youth pastors and your children are going to be the worship pastors and they're going to be, we're going to be way too old and we're going to want to sing Hillsong and they're going to be singing a totally different type of music. And some of y'all may like it or may not. I can't do Jesus. But you're going to stand in there, you're going to worship and make sure that the next generation is getting empowered. That, that's why I appreciate people like Sue who have sat here 
and have said, I don't care what, and Nikki and John Ramundi and individuals that I can go over here that the music style is probably not their favorite style, but they said, I worship Jesus and it's beautiful to watch. Every single Sunday that I come in here, I try not to cry and I'm going to try not to cry right now because I sit there and I watch you with your hands raised and I see you with a bunch of kids that are on the stage and might not be your favorite style, but you're still involved in this thing. You're still championing the next generation. You're pushing us. I've never gotten, Chino, you need to turn the music down. You need to change this, take off the lights. You've always said, man, we're watching and we're chasing after souls and I'm watching souls that are coming to the kingdom here and that has been your language and to me that's what's exciting to me when I watch people like Linda and I have conversations with her and we're pushing the next generation because we know it's not about us and I know that there's going to be a time that it's not going to be about me and there's going to be another generation of individuals that the church is going to look different. And I don't care what that bait looked like. I don't care if the bait is a worm. I don't care if it's a piece of gum, if it's a piece of bread. I don't care what we got to use for the bait to happen. But we want to make sure that we fish people. I don't want to be a tender of an aquarium. I don't want to put little fish food in the aquarium and clean it up and make sure it's nice. I want to be out there in the zone where there's fish in the sea, grabbing them and bringing them to the aquarium. It's important that we have people that tend the aquarium. I'm not one of them. That's why every single time that I get up here on this stage, I'm going to spur you up to greater works. I'm going to fan the flame that's inside of you. I'm not going to preach a message where you're going to sit here and say, hey, man, that was an incredible message. What are we eating? My hope and my desire is that you would go home and say, I want to read more about that. I need to learn more about this Christmas story. I want to go through the book of Luke and I want to look at Mary's life because I'm seeing myself involved in so much of what she's doing because it's bigger than me and it's bigger than you. And I know you want to mother that thing and you want to keep it to yourself. And I don't want to let nobody know that the God has put this gift inside of me. And I want to bury it and I want to just, I want to just kind of hold on to this thing. But yo, what God is telling you right now today is that it's time for you to move. He brought this black Cuban to induce labor because you've been pregnant with a business for so long and you haven't even started a business card. You haven't even gone and started a website up, Instagram, my guy. Get an email. Start doing something because God is putting this thing in because he needs you for his glory. This isn't for you to start your little 999 ministry on TBN. This is for you to go out and preach the gospel of the kingdom. If you're a doctor, preach the gospel of the kingdom. If you're a truck driver, preach the gospel of the kingdom. If you're a nurse, preach the gospel of the kingdom. If you're a stay-at-home mom, preach the gospel of the kingdom. Something has been birthed inside of you. And my hope and my desire is I'm preaching these messages so that you can be stirred up, have birth, and then begin to move in the thing that God has for you. Amen. It's, it's pregnant. And, and here it is. Mary is pregnant and she has gone and she has talked to Elizabeth and she has somebody in her corner who is just like her. Elizabeth in her old age. She has had a child. Now, Elizabeth, she has felt the caress of a man. She has laid her head on her husband's on her husband's chest. She understands what it's like to be intimate with an individual. But she was pregnant. Her pregnancy was just like Mary in the sense that though it came from a man, it was unexplained. It was a miracle because she was old in age and she had not had children anymore. So God had provided a miracle and she was pregnant. Mary, God provided a miracle and she was pregnant. Though they were different. That's why you need somebody in your life that has similar story like you. Similar story like you. But all of a sudden, Mary is in Nazareth. And what happens is that she is out of place. A few weeks ago, I talked about this and I was waiting to get to this point to explain it to you that though you carry purpose, if you carry that purpose, it will never come to fruition until you find yourself in the right position. 
that you can carry a dream, destiny, things inside of you. But until you get the right position, sometimes that position takes a little bit of work on your end. Sometimes that position is you getting out of your comfort zone and stepping into a place that's uncomfortable so that you can be in position to be able to line up with your purpose. Akuna Matata. Shoot a mosquito. E-D-D-I-E. That's Eddie. Speak in tongues. Do something. Shout hallelujah. You got to get in position. To be able to receive this purpose. Mary was in Nazareth. She was outside of it. And what did God do? The Bible says that Caesar taxed the entire world. He was the common ruler of the entire world. Caesar taxed the entire world. He called for a census to be able to get one woman, one woman in the right place. This woman was in Nazareth out of place. And all of a sudden, Caesar taxed the entire world to get this woman to this one place because he had to be born in the city of David. The city of David was Bethlehem. It was scriptural and it was prophetic that he was born there, but it was also the place that he needed to be there because all of the ancestors were around him. Watch this. But what I want to show you, and I think it's incredible, is that when you think about God stopping the entire world putting it in disarray and getting it to a place because he needed to move one woman from one place to another. Man, it's not about Herschel Walker. It's not about Warnock. It's not about Trump or Biden. It's not about black or white. It's not about the things that you see in the media. I believe, and when people ask me these things, what's happening with the turmoil that's happening in Russia and in Ukraine, and what is all this, all these things that are happening? I believe that it's not necessarily what we see on the TV, but I believe that God is trying to get the church in the right place. And what the enemy will do is that God will allow the enemy to step. He's like a Rottweiler. He'll allow for, he'll allow for the enemy to get into a place so that the children of God can get back because the church is in a mess. We're so divided. We got so many denominations so many thoughts so many dogmas so many different preaching styles some of y'all and people who have been in this church you scream too much the loud the music's too loud there's too many lights what the heck are these christmas trees that look like holograms that's the devil it's illuminati man i want to see people come to know the kingdom of god i want to see somebody find jesus i don't care nothing about i will kick this thing but I, I took too much work to do but i will kick this thing in a split second because this doesn't matter to me what matters to me is the souls and if the church was to line up in a way where we start to think I'm not a political person. I'm not a race first. I'm a Christian who is a black Cuban. That's who I am first. I'm not a Cuban first. I am a Christian first. And if the church gets in a place where we can line up with who we are and our identity, all of a sudden things change because our identity means so much to the kingdom of God. It was David himself. When David was going and he was a young child and he was going to the battle, the Bible says that Saul turns to him and tells him, hey, here, take my armor and put my armor on. And David said, I don't, I can't, honestly, he put it on. It was too heavy. He said, I, I, honestly, I can't do this. I can't wear your armor. I have to, I have to do it my way. Can I tell you that where God is taking us, where God is taking you, where God is taking me in this season, yo, I don't want to wear somebody else's armor. I don't want to look like anybody else. I killed bears and lions with a slingshot. Give me a slingshot and five smooth stones. And the God that created me, the God that empowered me, the God that has allowed for me to see those victories, I don't need to change. And if I got to change to move to the next place, then I don't want to change. I want to be who I am, who God empowered me to be. Because in that, it shows me that God is all sufficient. Not my, not my pedigree. Oh, I got a little bit more money now. Now God could use me. I went to Bible college. Now God could use me. No, no, no. It's who I am. My broken messed up because the Bible says that in my weaknesses, 
He's strong. So, so your identity doesn't have to be what somebody else is. It's the identity and the things that God has given you. And that's what you have to walk with and be empowered with. The entire world is completely stopped because this woman is out of position. The church, I believe, is, is out of position. And I see things happen in our world, man, and there's so much. And I have conversations with individuals, man, and I just, it's incredible to watch the things that are happening in our world and how God is just shifting because he's trying to put, he's been a perfect gentleman. And he's allowed for us to kick him out of certain legislations, out of certain schools, out of certain places. And, and we've got, you got to stay over here. And I feel that in this season, I'm watching individuals step into the scene right now that are breaking through barriers, breaking through steps, breaking through church dogma and church tricks. And that God is putting them in the forefront because he said, I'm no longer being a perfect gentleman. I got an accomplish. I got a mission that I need to accomplish. And as we edge towards the end, I believe that God is starting to bypass all of your steps, your ideas, your denomination, your religion just thoughts and he's putting people in front and he's allowing for people to do great exploits that nobody knows about a 14 year old pregnant woman who carried the savior of the entire world bro this is the god that we're serving that he's he's tired of it the bible says that this woman was out of place she was in um, she was in nazareth and he said he, he had to get her to Bethlehem. Bethlehem, Beth, it means house. And Laham, it means bread or better translate life. But the house of bread or the house of life, that is where Bethlehem is. He had to be born there because he would preach from there. And he would say, I am the bread of life. Whoever eats me will never perish. It had to be Jesus that was born there because it was his identity. Here's what I want you to understand. That God is going to put you in a place and he has to put you in a place where you give birth in a place that is conducive to your destiny. That there are things that are happening to you. If you give birth in Nazareth, it's going to be out of position. God has to be put, God has to put you in a place. That's why it's important that you get around the right people. That's why it's important that you get around the right ministry. That's why it's important that you get around the right family. Because what God is trying to do is that he's trying to get you in this right spot. Because if the baby was born in Nazareth outside of the city of David, he wouldn't have people around him to be able to help him. Watch this. I want to show you something. Because when you have something that is born outside of the position of where God has you, people will try to abort it. They'll try to kill it. They'll try to take pleasure in it. They'll try to take credit for it. They'll say that it doesn't exist. That, that business is not real. That thing that you have, and they'll try to discredit you. Why? Because they are dependent on the fact that you need them. And what will happen is... If you don't need them, now there's something wrong with you. Remember what I talked about Joseph. The Bible says that Joseph went to put Mary away quietly because he didn't understand what was inside of Mary was of the Holy Spirit. What he thought was in the carnal. And people would look at you, oh, you changed. You big time now. Oh, you, oh, you, oh, you putting your family first. That's what it is. I get it. You got your family first. And people will destroy or try to destroy the destiny that God has put up inside of you. And if you birth it in the wrong place, that's why you can't tell everybody your dreams. You say certain things to somebody, and before you know it, you walk out of that conversation, you're like, man, this is stupid. Why am I even doing this? Should I even do this? This is not even a good idea. You know what? This is a dumb idea. It wasn't a dumb idea. It was a God idea, but you allowed for man to come in there and destroy it because you birthed it in a wrong place. Nazareth. He had to be born in Bethlehem. It had to be in the, the city of David. She was at this place where she was ready to give birth. The Bible says birth, not birth. Like that, did he? She had to give birth. She's pregnant. For so many of us, we're longing for this new place in God. And we're expecting for God to move in our life and to show us what is it. And we're, we're praying and we're, we're worshiping. And, and God, show me. And, and God, 
take me to this new season and, and God, move me and, and, and God, I need you to move in my life. And, and we have all of these weird theologies that we've learned from school and, uh, and from church and uh, God, I need you to move. And yo, does God even move? I got weird now. Oh, this guy's wondering. Here it is. I was waiting for this part. Does, does God even move? I mean, theologically, like, let's be real. Let's be honest. Does God even move? See me, here's the deal. The Bible says that God is omnipresent. He's in all places at all times, right? He's omniscient. He knows everything. So God, and I was talking to Laurent about this, and God is, God is, he's in all places at all times. We're expecting for God to move in our situation and for us to move and, and God move in my life and move in my finances. And we're, we're I want to move of God. We come to church and we're like, okay, God, God move today. If movement it's, it means that you leave one place and you go to another place. That's what movement is. I just moved from over there and I came over here. Now, what we're saying is that if God moves this place, God moved, wherever God moves from, that place doesn't exist anymore. Because if he's in all things at all times, then wherever he leaves from, it doesn't exist. This is what I'm trying to show you, is that God is in all places at all times. That God doesn't move, we move in God. That's why you can be at a worship service and the worship can be going on and you're crying and you're just like, God, thank you. Hallelujah, thank you for my breakthrough. I knew you were going to, Father, I trust you, I love you. And you look at the person who's next to you and they're like, I should have watched online. Did God move? Yes, he moved, but you didn't move in him. There have been times in my life that I've been sitting right here in the front row. And in my life, I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, there's so much going on. Man, I'm thinking about the stuff that I got to do in my basement, in my house. I got to get, I got to flip these clothes off because Lydia doesn't treat me like a pastor at home. She treats me like a slave and I got to go do it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Man. It's a joke. I'm just kidding. I always pick on you because it's easy. I get a laugh out of people. I'm lying. I'm just kidding. Help me. Um. <laughs> I'm just kidding, babe. I'm just kidding. But I'm like, I got so much stuff to do. And I'm like, I'm sitting in the front row and I'm just like, man, and all of this stuff. And then all of a sudden I, I walk and I'll go to the back and I'll go use the back and I'll come back. And, and then I'll see somebody like a Sue. And with their hands raised. And I'll see people here in this place and, and God is speaking to them. And man, I, I just watch as, as worship is breaking down the, what the enemy has tried to build up in your life. And and in those moments, I'm like, yo, it's not that God isn't moving. It's that, it's that I'm not moving in God. Our whole life is about moving. The vision of greater church, it's about moving. Remember, we help you to know God, discover salvation, then find freedom, sanctification, discipleship. We want you to get better. Then we want you to discover your purpose. What was I created for? I was created to be this. And then we want you to get to a place where you're actually making a difference. It's all about movement. The scriptures is all about movement. The kingdom of God is all about movement. Do you know that you start with movement even in your faith as a Christian? Just like I showed you, the Bible says that you become a fisher of men, right? So we're taken into the kingdom as fish. And then once we become fish, then all of a sudden we become sheep. The Bible calls us sheep. Sheep are disciples. They, they follow after the shepherd. They start to learn after the shepherd. But can I tell you that, that sheep... The Bible says some stuff that the Bible shouldn't even have to write. The Bible says in Leviticus, it is not lawful for a man to sleep with an animal. That's just weird. But in 2022, I'm going to sip some tea. 
What I want you to understand is that a man cannot sleep with a sheep because if a man sleeps with a sheep, the sheep will not reproduce. So the, the Lord is asking us that we go from being fish, from being sheep, to becoming the, the bride of Jesus. Now all of a sudden, children are birthed from being a bride. Not only are children birthed, but this is where you see the process of discipleship. This is when a, a person understands what they were created for. Now it, it is only milk that allows for a young baby to be able to be alive. And it is the milk of the word that young believers, Christian believers who are brand new in the faith, they have to eat and they have to drink from the milk of the word. And they have to have individuals that are not going and sitting down. And let's talk about the hypostatic union of Jesus. Let's speak about how he is man and he is God. What kind of dogma do you live by? No, I don't know any of that crap. I'm just trying to keep my pants up and keep my... I mean, keep my pants up and my skirt down. I'm trying not to, I don't want to smoke no more. The, the, the who? The hypo what? I did hydro before. That's what you're talking about? Y'all don't laugh. Some of y'all laugh because y'all know what I was talking about. But we become, we become the bride because then we start nurturing and teaching them. No, no, listen, you don't, this is not the way that you have to do. And you, you don't have to punch everything. You don't have to yell at everything. And we start teaching them and nursing them. But can I tell you that a man's head cannot be on a woman's body this is what I mean Jesus was talking to his disciples and he tells his disciples foxes have holes and birds have nests but the son of man does not have anywhere to rest his head but he wasn't talking about resting his head in the sense of a house Yo, he could have gone to Peter's house he couldn't gone to Lazarus house this man on 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 Palm Sunday he said I want you to go to this place and tell this person to give you the donkey and you're going to take the donkey he told them during Passover you're going to go to this place and you're going to tell them hey prepare a place because we want to celebrate Passover Jesus could have slept anywhere that he wanted to what he was saying was not that he had a place not to lay his head to sleep but what he was saying is the headship of the Lord he had no place to be able to put the headship of the Lord and we have to move from being just the bride of Christ to be becoming the sons of God to becoming the sonship that changes things because now you're no longer just talking about God but now you're actually doing the things that God instilled inside of you the thing that God has birthed inside of you you begin to do it when you walk in sonship as an heir Jesus said these things and greater things shall you do because I go to be with the father last Sunday we talked about this idea how Paul was telling us that we must imitate Christ we must be just like Christ. We must do the things that Christ did. But what happens is that sometimes we get stuck in church life just being fish. And I want to be tend to. And make sure my kids are good. And I don't like that worship song. Just change the worship song. I want, to, I want to sing something by Matthew Camp. No, that's Matthew West and Jeremy Camp. Jesus. We are still moving still progressing still growing in the physical me and my wife we we purchased a home about a year ago and when we purchased the home it was crazy because for five years we lived in Georgia and we sold our home in Miami Florida and we had the finances that we waited for and we invested so much of that money from that house into the church and um and we took Everything that I told my wife I was going to buy her a car. She's not in here now, so I can talk. Uh, told, <laughs> told my wife I was going to buy her a car. I'm going to buy you a house when we get to Georgia. Because in, in Miami, you buy a house and it's like a million dollars. The same house here is like $100,000. And I'm like, babe, I'm going to buy you a big house. I'm going to buy you a car, everything. When you get up there, that's how I manipulated her into moving to Georgia. And then... And then when we came to Georgia, um, we fell so in love with the church and we fell in love with what was happening that before you knew it, we looked at our bank account and we were like, how much is left? And she's like, not even for Chick-fil-A, bro. You got to go to Wendy's, four for four, my guy. And, 
And I was like, okay, cool. So I invested everything. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then God just kept providing for us. And over five years, we saved money. And man, thanks to Levante Win, a really good friend of ours, uh, um, we were able to purchase our home. I, was, I, got a, I have another business that is not just a church, a, a courier business. I own a van and we were able to save some money. And then finally, what we were able to do is, is we were able to purchase our home. We moved in our home in September of last year, September, October of last year. There's still boxes in my garage that I haven't opened. There's still walls in my house that I haven't been painted. Some of y'all did the same thing. You moved into your house. It took you like a year. You still have that one box that you haven't looked through. And so what happened is that me and my wife, every Sunday, most of the time, we'll go down there and we'll try to do some work. And during the week, we're like trying to do work and paint the house. And we're calling Nuno every two seconds. I need you to come here and fix this electrician and do all of this stuff. And, and it feels like we're still moving in. The reason why I'm telling you this story is because in your spiritual life, I want you to understand that it's the same thing. Do not allow for the enemy to go in your mind and for you to bypass this message to think, because I haven't arrived and because I am not in the sonship of Christ, that I am not doing what I'm supposed to do. No, you're on a process and you're moving in. You, you have to move in. That means that there has to be progress in your life and that you constantly have to be taking steps towards the maturity of Christ. My job is not to tell you that you're a mess up and a failure because you are not what God is calling you to be. My job and my responsibility is to urge you to fan the flame so that you understand, oh, this is the way that I got to go. Also, when I come here, I got to make a right this way and then I got to make a left. My job is to try to point you towards Jesus so that you start to progress, so that you move away from being just fish to being sheep. And some of y'all have to move away from being sheep and be the bride of Christ and God has put callings inside of you there's discipleship inside of you God has put teaching inside of you and you're warming up the pews for way too long and you've been sitting in that chair when what God is wanting to do is take things that are inside of you your life lessons the things that you have learned from these scriptures the things that you have experienced and start to feed some new believers that there are some of us that should carry the responsibility of teaching the next generation and there are some of us in here that God has put an apostolic call on you and you've been waiting for God to move in your life. You got to move. God doesn't move. You move in him. And you begin to progress and to mature. You are the next youth pastor of this church. You are the next church planter in this church. You are the next worship director. You are the next live director. You are the next growth track director or next step director. God has already put that stuff inside of you. Our job and our responsibility is not to bottle it up like I'm the only person that's going to ever preach in this church. Nobody else can do it because I'm the man of God. Man, God has put a message inside of Jessica where Jessica can preach and, and Nadia can preach and they can come up here and grab this microphone. I don't care if they're women or men. They can do this. And God has put something inside of them and put a word inside of them that they can do it. This is not about one person. This is about us moving in. We got to keep the process up. For some of us who are in this room, there's something inside of you that <laughs> something is messing with your theology and some of us, there, there's something inside of us that we're just like, man, I, I hear what you're saying, Chino, but <laughs> like I, I'm still in the ocean. I'm a little tadpole. <laughs> I was a 14-year-old little tadpole that God changed the entire planet through. He deposited something inside of this young girl. He deposited something inside of an eight-year-old gang member. We'll fast forward the tape now been to jail 13 times been in prison for five years his life was an absolute disaster and yet he would allow for the process to move 
and that he moved into his purpose and now he stands before you preaching the gospel it's because God continues to move would you allow for him to move you for some of you it's time for you to start that thing man I'm not telling you to quit your job and like, I'm leaving. That's it. He told me to quit. Y'all stop doing that. If God tells you to quit, you quit. But don't blame it on me because then you broke trying to ask me for money. I ain't not. Call, call John Ramundi. He'll help you out with a job. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but what I want you to understand is that I want, you to, I want you to listen to God because for some of you, you have to quit. For some of you, it's time for you to stop doing and chasing somebody else's dream when God has put something inside of you. The only person that's going to tell you what to do is not Chino. It's God. During this season, next Sunday is Christmas Sunday. We're going to celebrate. But man, my hope and my desire is before this year is out, that you would take some time for yourself. Get away from the hustle and bustle. Stop running around chasing everything that you have to do. And even if that just means just get in your car for just an hour and just spend some time with God and just, just start having that conversation. God, what's in me? What, what, what did you put inside of me? And once he starts revealing that to you, take the step by faith. Don't sit there and be scared. I'm in the aquarium. I don't want to be a sheep. Man, you got to move and become a sheep. There's things that God wants to teach you. He wants to develop. He has to disciple you. You can't just be 45 years old as a fish. I'm just saved. You flip everything that comes out of your mouth. You allow for your passions to take over you. And you're sinning in ways that you did when you were in the world. But you've called on the name of Jesus. Yo, there's no distinction in you in the world. It's time for you to step out of that and become a true disciple of Jesus. Start chasing and following after him. Then there's going to come a time where you become the milk. And you begin to begin to give people milk. And God will start using you. You'll understand your purpose and who you were created for. And then you're going to step into a place where you begin to walk in the sunship. Now demons are afraid of you the moment that you put your feet on the ground when you wake up in the morning all hell trembles because there's something inside of you now you start to watch people who have broken frail bodies that start to become whole again because of the things that God deposits inside of you you start to watch broken messed up little gang members who are 19 years old who you because of your relationship because of the time that you spent to them now all of a sudden you're watching that 19 year old become a 41 year old preaching the gospel because of the words that you invested in their life because you're walking in your authority but you gotta move in you got to move in. For some of us, that sounds great. But for some of us, we haven't even taken the step of just even beginning the relationship with God. How, how do you do that, Chino? How do you start this relationship with Jesus? Simple. Every single Sunday here at Greater Church, we say it. Because it's scripture. It's not me. I don't need you to become a member of our church. We don't do church members. We do family. You don't have to walk in an all-white dress and sign paperwork. This is a moment between you and God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that's called faith, that you shall be saved. So you want to take that first step into the kingdom and beginning to move? It starts by what's going to happen in just a moment. It starts with you stepping out of your life, stepping out of your past, being able to walk into a relationship with Jesus. That you no longer have to be driven by sin, by your shame, by your guilt, by your mess ups, by the things that you've done wrong, the people that you've done wrong, the people who have done wrong to you. But that you step away from that and you walk into a relationship with Jesus where he begins to heal you. He begins to develop you. He begins to give you purpose and then he starts to use you. But it takes faith. This is the reason why I say this, because in just a moment, we're going to pray for some people. And in just a moment, you're going to walk away from that and you're going to step into a brand new life. What's going to happen is that God is going to deposit a promise inside of you. That promise is going to get you pregnant. It's going to start messing you up because now you're like, I can't shake this. 
why, why do I want to talk to young people so bad? And I'm seeing them. They make me so angry. Anybody angry when you talk to teenagers? They just like, that's a passion inside of you. Because a, I'm, I'm serious. It's a, who are the only two people that get you the maddest in this world? Your mom and your wife. Men. I'm talking to men. <laughs> men. Men. Don't laugh, men. Don't do that. Don't do that. But the two people. Why? Because those are the two people that you love the most. Those are the two people that you love the most. When you start watching homeless people and it bothers you, you're like, man, why are they? Nobody's doing something about that. Because that's inside of you. You're pregnant with that. You have to start that homeless outreach. You have to start feeding them. When you start to watch people that you're like, yo, man, this woman, this girl, 16 years old, sleeping with everybody. She's a mess. I'm watching her on Instagram and it bothers you. You're like, what are you doing? It's because God has put that inside of you. Because whether you came from that lifestyle or you didn't come from that lifestyle, that right there, God has given you a passion for that. That's what you're pregnant with. To reach her and pull her out of the grips of the enemy and put her in a place where now she's married. She's 34 years old with three kids and she's doing incredible. She has a business with her husband and she says, thank you because you stepped out of Nazareth. You went into Bethlehem and you gave birth to something that is allowing for people to come to Jesus. But it starts with a step. Would you do me a favor and would you bow your head and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms.